Please support the Climate Change and Happiness podcast. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change, your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pikala. Well, hello, I'm Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pihkala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness. Uh, this is Panu and my podcast and the show for people around the world who are thinking and feeling deeply about the personal side of climate change and other environmental issues. And we make space to talk about this in our lives amongst all the other important things of our lives. Um, and today is one of those episodes where Panu and I are catching up with each other from all our adventures. And it's, you know, coming on in, into the spring in the Northern Hemisphere. And we've been talking about this kind of general topic or abstract topic of meaning in life. What does it mean to have meaning in life? And then how does that really affect how we live? You know, what does it mean to, to, to live a life that's meaningful? So we're going to bounce around on, on these topics today. And of course, put it in the context of your thoughts and feelings about the natural environment, nature, other species, issues like climate change and all the other meta issues that we're all concerned about in the world, like, you know, politics and economy and our families and our personal health and all that stuff. And Pana, you were, you were earlier talking about um, meaning, but also cha changes, changes in meaning and changes how we find meaning. That might be a place to, to jump in. And then maybe we can talk about our actual, our activities in the world and how that might affect how you and I find meaning. Yeah. Thanks for that, Thomas. And there's this distinction between meaning in life and meaning of life. And, you know, meaning of life comes close to purpose. You know, there's a sort of reason for living and sometimes it may be related to worldviews, so something which comes from your community or family or your country, for example. Nowadays, people are generally much more free uh, to find out meaningful things and uh, in thinking about meaning, this meaning in life part has gained more prominence. So that can mean just, you know, things that are deeply meaningful for you or of, of great value, uh, which are somehow guiding our, our lives. And many of those, both meaning of life and meaning in life are now in turmoil because of this period of crisis in which we are living. So for me, this is also a very practical topic because this is something something which comes up in discussions with pe people and many of the things uh, where people used to find me meaning uh, are changing and there may be fears related to that. Um, is that going to be gone? And on a broader level, people who feel some kind of eco-anxiety might be wrestling sometimes with feelings of meaninglessness, you know, if the crisis is this bad, can there be meaning, meaning in, in, in life? And uh, many people, including myself, are convinced that there can be, but of course it's not just 
a general state of state of bliss. But how about you, you Thomas? Uh, how how do you feel about these meaning to- topics and issues? It's great. And I really like that we've come upon this 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 meaning of life and meaning in life and this little distinction because I think it's really it's really helpful. I mean, obviously, you know, meaning of life is this big sort of abstract like Monty Python and the meaning of life or something like that. It's something big idea, almost so big that it's kind of like a joke or a, or a, or a satire, you know, but it's profound, you know, like what, what, what's the point of living? What's the point of living my life? Why should any of us do anything? All that kind of stuff. Um, So that's, that's a huge thing. I mean, we can't help but have something going on in our mind about that because otherwise we would, we would not be able to function. And so, And I, I know in counseling and therapy, that's a big part of it is like, okay, what, why am I doing what I'm doing? What are my goals? Why do I have the goals that I have? What does it mean to be my best self? People just practically, I think, and listeners, you know, meaning, meaning of life questions come up when there's an issue. Like if you're feeling good, people don't particularly stop and say, well, what does my life mean? Because they're, <laughs> it's, it's, that's the, they're fine. They're finding meaning in life. Like I'm with my friends, I'm doing something I enjoy. You know, I feel safe. You know, I love my family. My family loves me. I don't have to stop and have some philosophical examination of that. It's, it's self-evident. So, so the whole thing, we start questioning it when it's absent, you know, when it's missing, you know, somehow. So that's, that's, I think the, the challenge. Um, with some of this, I was actually working on this very topic with around environmental identity recently in my this manuscript I'm working on, and our identity in relation to nature and the natural world could be a big part of our our meaning. But sometimes we feel really disconnected, or we feel like the you know the natural world is under threat, or it's going away, or the world's going to somehow destroy itself, and that that does that that hurts that hurts our meaning. But um, one image that I use sometimes is like we're We have two life paths. We have the life path we're living on the surface, and then we have our under underlying idea of what our life path should be. It's kind of like the subterranean idea of, of um, you know, where I should be at a certain time in my life, or what I'm doing at what age, or you know, when I when I want to have a certain job, or when I want to be married, if I'm if I'm going to be married, or something like that. And every once in a while, we're like a mole, and we like pop out of the ground and look around and like, where am I actually on my path? And if I'm on my path, I feel really good. And then I could just kind of go back to what I'm doing. But if I realize my path is really far off in the distance, or I'm like so far away from where I thought I was going to be, that causes like a life, a life crisis. So, so anyway, I think practically people um, people start asking meaning questions, like like you say, when when something's missing. Have you seen that? You've been doing a lot of talks and travels and lectures. Have you seen this? practically coming up in people's stories yes so i've been doing speaking assignments in finland and sweden so not very far away but with different kinds of audiences and many rich encounters uh, uh, and interesting conversations of course Ecological grief has now been one topic because I quite recently worked a lot with, with that. But of course, talking about joy and and meaning, meaning all also, and this whole topic uh, is closely related to what is called existentialist thinking and psychology. And don't want to get too technical here, but that's the sort of asking deep questions about life stuff. And 
when, when I was visiting Uppsala in Sweden, I was thinking about these old Ingmar Bergman films, which are almost all, all include deep questioning of me, meaning. And so people either because of an age stage or because of some life events or sometimes a global event uh, are sort of arising to those vantage points or then points of darkness and then sort of looking around and uh, see, seeing that what's what, what what's going on and uh, it's a bit complex in that regard in relation to eco emotions which is the major topic of my speaking assignments and workshops because now there's so many things going on and in europe for example people in nordic countries are concerned about the wars in, in, in the region and then there's economic issues and that, that sort of thing. So they might not name ecological issues uh, as a primary question in relation to meaning, but it's also present in their body minds, so, so to speak. So often people who come to these events and discussions, they find it helpful to have a safe space to talk about these issues and think and feel about these these issues, but that's, that's of course only a small part of the population, and many people are trying to ad- adapt to changing circumstances. Kind of specific. Can you think of specific stories that people are bringing up? Like I feel like at these meetings, people often have a chance to tell their tell their story. You know, they've been waiting for an opportunity to. You know, what what do you? Can you think of a specific person or just an example like an, in life, like a, a, a the age of the person or what they do for a living or something like that? Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking, for example, about the students at this Uppsala, Uppsala University uh, lecture course about eco-psychology and climate change and the arts run by this multidisciplinary SEMUS, SEMUS Center. And it gathers students from a wide variety of, of dis- disciplines. And there one, one can see how the students who join the course, they haven't followed usually the most typical parts in many of their dis- disciplines, for example, in, in economics. But instead, they have been thinking, thinking about me- meaning in life issues and what could they do and what would they want to do in relation to ecological issues in their own own dis- discipline so there is a sort of meaning meaning dynamic there and it of, in practice leads to rich discussions because then there's young, young motivated people from a wide variety of, of, of fields yeah yeah so students yeah it's funny i mean i've got a i was just making a list of all these different speaking and events that I have going to track myself for the 2024. And I've, I've been invited to, by, by many different people to speak about all these environmental, these environmental um, feelings and thoughts and identity. So uh, uh, what they call in the U.S. A, reti- a retirement community, basically a, a community that's designed for elders and very active, very educated, very vital people. They, they, they have their own green green team at this at this uh, community and they want to have a talk uh and they're concerned about you know the the bad stuff they're concerned about like eco anxiety and it's the lack you know i think they didn't call it lack of meaning they didn't say thomas i need help because we have lack of meaning but but it really it is underlying that so there's that i have a 
different classes, an art teacher whose students are doing a special trip to Antarctica. They want to talk and um, actually many, many counseling groups and um, local environmental groups. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, I think for me personally, this gives me meaning. It gives me meaning to to talk about meaning, you know, because it. And I think that's the same for you, Pana. Like you get meaning out of holding holding the space for this for this these conversations. I mean, I think that's definitely we can't get. I mean, you can't get to life meaning unless you make an opening to talk about it and think about it. So that itself is half the battle. What is it? Ninety nine percent is showing up. So like, if you want to if you want to have life meaning, you've got to actually show up for, in your life and stop and think about it. Otherwise, there's you know, unless you're just blessed and like your life is beautiful and you're just in a flow uh, where you never have to worry about anything. Um, but I don't think that ever happens forever for people. Yeah. Tell me what else you're thinking about in terms of these different ways that ways that people find meaning. Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking of an audience from last week, which was an association called the Marthas. Uh, the name comes. Oh yeah, the Marthas. The Marthas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, comes from this biblical parable of of Jesus and Mary and Martha, and uh-huh. and Martha is the one who is preparing food and taking care of everything while Maria is sitting at the feet of feet of Jesus. And so, so this organization is consists mainly of women, but also some men who are usually very responsible and very capable and efficient and uh, during the last decades they have integrated more ecological practices in things they do like various food recipes and household things but they also have a wider reads and one of the things they do uh, is to recommend households to have some extra uh, it's not exactly a survival kit, but you know, being prepared that if electricity goes off, you you can can make food and that sort of thing for a couple of days. And now they are also thinking about the sort of psychological side of these kinds of situations, and that's been one reason why they have contacted me and I've been in touch touch with them. But anyway, I was speaking to a group of professional marthas who counsel other people involved in this Martha organization. It's a big organization in in, in, in Finland. So so that was mm-hmm. that was very very interesting uh, group of people and an example of, of people who may quite rarely have explicit sessions about eco emotions or something. But the things which are going on, various emotions and changes in meanings because of the ecological crisis, that is affecting them and the people who they work with. So it was more like, you know, building long-term skills and awareness of this topic topic area. At an earlier talk I did for them, I uh, was, uh, of, of course, saying a lot of praise for the Martha attitude, but I was also sort of carefully asking that it may sometimes be a good idea to also take the role of Maria, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes uh, you, you can also also rest rest and enjoy yourself. So uh, a very classical Finnish problem would be that uh, responsible people take too much responsibility. Yeah. So remind me of my Bible history. Is Mar- was Martha the sister 
of Mary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So Martha is a great archetype. Uh, she's a friend of Jesus, but she's the archetype for the like Hestia or the, 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 the like holding the hearth, holding the home. So in the, in the kind of limited, um, in some of the limited Christian uh, pantheon, Martha's holding a space, uh, holding a space there for that, that kind of archetype. But what a great, what a great example of meaning, right? So these people have banded together using this biblical, this biblical theme and a very universal theme of helping and caring for uh, other people, the Marthas. That's really beautiful. Um, so that's a great example of meaning, you know, like, you know, it comes down to like in the research, you know, what's my role? Do I have a role to serve? You know, does it make sense and is it significant? So these people, I think, are finding both a role and it's, it, and it's, you know, and then, then they're continuing trying to figure out how it makes sense. So that, I guess that's a concrete example of your, uh, how meaning's changing, right? So these Marthas are now thinking of climate change and environmental issues in addition to all their other social justice and social service duties. And so that's a great, that's kind of a, perfect universal example of all these organizations that would have typically dealt with, you know, their neighborhoods or their social, the social conditions in their town. Now they all have to think about climate change and disasters uh, and weather. And that, that translates into like, how do we deal with people who don't have houses when they're living outside in an ice storm or in a, in a heat wave, you know, so the weather and climate is, is entered our, um, as I was writing about it lately, it's like it's entered, it's entered, it's crossed our life path, our life path, you know, certain thing, something has crossed our path now and it's called climate change. And we cannot now not walk our path without climate change uh, overshadowing us. So it is, um, it is a threat to people's meaning. I mean, obviously in the whole capitalist, you know, global industrial corporate world, it's a huge threat to productivity and just using fossil fuels and just uh, the extractive economy it makes it all seem quite meaningless like why are we why are we doing all this stuff and it's it's pretty profound actually in the u.s we had the super bowl the big football game the other day and uh, i got drawn into watching some of it because my daughter of course is interested in, in like many young women in the u.s she's interested in football because of taylor swift's involvement uh among other things um but that's a that is a whole pageant of meaning in the U.S. The Super Bowl, all the militaristic uh, trappings and this, you know, the, the America the Beautiful and the anthems and the jet planes flying by, and um, you know, for some people that's highly meaningful. For other people, it's it's absolutely meaning. It's 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 meaningless, uh, and I struggle personally with some of that too because I do enjoy the sport aspect of it and uh, the athleticism and the drama, but you know. But the, the team that won is called the is called the Chiefs, and it's it's a name taken from Native American people against their will, <laughs> and no one mentions that in the entire production. That uh, you know, it's it's got this Native American uh, you know slur as part of the winning team. So anyway, I'm I'm going off on my own meaning threats here, but we have you know people try to find meaning in all these things like these shared shared events like sports sports matches and things like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great, great example. And some researchers talk of systems of, of meaning, which is a bit technical term, but it just means that everybody has some kind of living system of meanings in life. 
And for some people, their major form of what was earlier usually called religion might be adhering to a certain sports team, for example. To, via, via that they get the social connection and feel part of something larger than themselves and there is a narrative or, or story go, going on and you can do bodily engagement and that's that, mm-hmm. that so, so, sort of thing and, and then because so many things are changing as you well, well said uh, it's difficult to believe in uh, such, such progress which is based on increasing consumption of fossil fuels, for example. Uh, but then there are some, some meanings which don't need to change. The manifestation uh, of some dynamics about them may change. But for example, you know, the deep, deep meaningfulness found in profound connections with others, whether they are humans or, or, or more, than, more than humans. And then that, that is still going to be the, be the same. And sometimes it helps people, including myself, uh, to take note note of that. So many deeply meaningful things and often down-to-earth things, their importance remains or is even made stronger because of our awareness of the fragility and vulnerability of things. But of course, this is often difficult and it's not easy easy to be vulnerable and people are in very different social and positions and dynamics of privilege come here 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 to at play yeah I think that's a great thing to to to, to acknowledge uh, yeah so in, in in the in the world of global climate change and you know um, various environmental crises or just social or or economic crises um, some things don't have to change at all. Some meaning are will just be the same. You know, caring for each other, being in relationships, feeling feeling accepted, um, having having a home, being able to eat and have good food and um, care for others. Um, all those things are, are are just as good as they ever have been. But yeah, some of those those other some other aspects of the idea of you know finding meaning as a as a consumer or just as a good sports team booster might not be able to do it in, in quite the same way. I mean, the National Football League, I know, has sustainability programs, and they, they are thinking about this sort of stuff, but it's not at the scale that it needs to needs to be, and it also certainly isn't hitting on some of these other um, bigger issues. So in some ways, it's propping up the old, the old meanings that, that are maybe um, unhealthy for us right now. Uh, so it's it's so some meanings are changing and some aren't. So that's a good good thing for the for the listeners to take. One meaning that uh, that I find is being out in in the outdoors and being out in nature. Um, it's kind of a wordless kind of thing. I was out cross country skiing um, the other day and got up to the mountain here and made my trek you know to get out into the snow and it was quiet and the wind was blowing through the trees and and I really had a sense of just really being at peace and. Just enjoying the moment, um, the cold air, and as I know, you know, it was very Finnish, Finnish type environment where I was, and uh, you know, that felt really, really nice. I would call that a moment of meaning, and I was, I would say that 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 isn't changing, and that that's eternal. But of course, it, we know the environment is changing, and the weather patterns are changing. So that is actually a big place where people's meanings have been changing, is their their connections with nature, even if there is enough snow you know, to go skiing or things like that. So I know our weather patterns have been 
our, our winter is quite short. It was very, there was no snow at all at the very beginning. And then we had a, a huge dump. Um, so the weather patterns are, are, are uh, disrupted. So that's a place where, you know, the meaning is, is, is being, is coming and changing and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear about your cross country skiing. Yeah. Uh, fin- Finnish people generally are always very appreciate, appreciative of that. And also this, Uh, winter or snow anxiety is something we have talked about in the podcast also and uh, which that affects people in snowy snowy countries countries too and is also related to a quite fundamental thing in relation to meaning of life because in cultures which were able to live on for centuries or even longer roughly uh, in a, in a same same manner then there was great meaning in the continuity of things uh, following a certain pattern or rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, for example, about the Sami people in northern northern Scandinavia, and I'm no expert and they speak for them themselves, but I know that many of them have been profoundly distressed by the changes in winter conditions, for example, and the general changes in the whole, whole li- lifestyle and That's a challenge also for uh, traditional major religions where also the meaning of life has often been tied with uh, things going uh, as they have used to go. And then all this novelty and change is tricky for for re- religions. And there's a famous sociologist of religion, Daniel Hervieux Lecher, who wrote a sort of Uh, provocative, partly provocative writing about how the situation produces either converts or pilgrims. You know, mm-hmm. there may be maybe a reaction that you seek shelter in ideologies which sort of refuse to change, or then um, people go on a spiritual seeker path. And perhaps that might be a metaphor for so larger groups of people. And I think it's it's this kind of One wandering, journeying, a kind of kind of pilgrimage which is going on amidst all this novelty. Oh, that's beautiful, Panu. So you're talking about people are kind of pilgrims seeking seeking meaning in a in a changing world. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I like that. Uh, what was it? It was uh, what was the two things? It was the uh, the seeker, and what was the opposite of that? Uh, the other the convert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so as we're seeking, we want to just kind of be aware of what we're getting converted to, and I think that's 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 a that's a challenge in this time. People are actually so, so desperate for meaning that they're latching on. That's this is a larger conversation, but people are uh, latching on to various different movements that um, might be kind of radical or um, kind of in-group, out-group movements, or uh, mystical or conspiratorial and things like that. But yes, we're all we're all ultimately pil- pilgrims seeking meaning in life. Um, and as we get older, and as we learn more things, um, we had our episode with Linda Bazell about the waking up syndrome. And as we learn new information, it it makes us recalibrate what what what's meaningful. So that's happening. That's ta- happening for us all the time. Um, and it. Um, I know I learn something new all the time as I get into talking to all these groups and things like that. I I get meaning by, of course, holding the space and helping people to talk and giving people these tools. Um, and then they, of course, help um, 
they get more meaning and then there's a positive synergy there. So listeners, you can think about, you know, this whole idea of taking action is really like taking on a role, a purpose, seeing how that fits, seeing how it makes sense for you and trying to do something as, as significant as possible, but you can't necessarily start with something that's super significant. And also what we talked about earlier, Pano and I, I mean, I'm feeling this a lot. Just because I have meaning in life doesn't mean it's easy and doesn't mean I'm necessarily happy. I mean, I'm working on a long project and it has great significance for me. Uh, totally makes sense in the terms of my life. It gives me a role, but on any given day, I'm like, you know, I don't know what, like a ship way off on the ocean and I don't see anything on the horizon at all. And I know there's, <laughs> I know there's some land somewhere out there, but I, I see nothing just empty, empty horizon. And that's, that's a moment of, that's still meaningful, right? Wouldn't you say that's still meaningful, even though it seems really empty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing, sharing that, Thomas. And sometimes it's more like determination to continue either in the open sea or in the, in, in, in the, in the dark. And so sometimes meaning perhaps is best, best seen only. Only after afterwards, I'm thinking of Mother Teresa, Teresa and some other figures who did deeply meaningful things, but apparently felt quite bad for a for long long periods periods of of, of time. And uh, as as for you, Thomas, also for me, uh, work efforts bring a lot of meaning and encounters with people. Also, being in contact with the modern human human world, mostly it's the local woods here in Puotila, Eastern Helsinki, but sometimes else, elsewhere. And then also some pretty deep uh, old existential things like just being alive. I have noticed that the periods of crisis in which we are, li- we are living has increased uh, the relational significance of just you know being al- alive. So this links with the old carpe diem, memento mori type of types of things which we have mentioned during the podcast also previously. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, this this uh, we can wrap up, you know, and this this idea of meaning, and it I think it it brings us back to that that idea of hope, you know, and this is a great setup for hope. You know, you you can't have hope unless you've really been working on your meaning and have a good sense of what is meaningful for you, and then you hold on to that. You hold on to that meaning even when the when the clouds are uh, where the weather's unclear or or something like that, you know, because you 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 know there's meaning in in this in this work, and that's I think a good place to, to understand how why people can legitimately feel hopeful only because they already have worked out their meaning project. Um, so anyway, we covered a lot of ground today, listeners. You know, think about your own role your own role in life and these, these groups uh, that you and you're involved in and how the groups that you're involved in are also staying with their traditional missions, but also evolving their missions to, um, to take on the, 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 this rapidly changing world. And we'll keep talking about meaning and life and other great emotions on the climate change and happiness podcast. And you can find us at climatechangeandhappiness.com. Please like us on your social media and podcast networks, and we, you can find us uh, at our Patreon as well, and we could appreciate your support. Pano, take care of yourself. Have a good evening. You too, Thomas. Take care, and all the listeners also. Take care, everyone. The 
Climate Change and Happiness podcast is a self-funded volunteer effort. Please support us so we can keep bringing you messages of coping and thriving. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com.